0: The parasha begins with a meditation and a story about burying our dead. It indicates both Peshat and also Drash that Avraham is deeply wounded by the death of Sarah, and he is wailing bitterly. He purchases the cave to bury her. And we have to think of this process of purchasing the cave, of caring for her body, of touching her body and performing this ancient mitzvata mate, that of burying your dead, burying the people you love. Few rituals are as intimate as burying one's dead. The principle of impurity, which I argue is a mechanism to create space for intimate journeys, like time with one's child, maternity leave, or time with one's doctor and loved ones as one is being touched in the healing process. Also includes the period of impurity to create grief leave, where we bury our dead, wash their bodies with touch, wrap them in cloths and carry them to the grave. Of course, in our modern culture, we all know we've lost so much of that. As we remind ourselves, the young Wilka as he wrote at watching the streets of France in his one novel, The Notebooks of Lords Briga, he writes, have I told you this yet? I'm learning to see. Yes, I'm just starting to learn to see and I'm still not very good at it, but I wanna make the most of my time. I'm looking at this excellent hotel. This, it's very, very old. And he seems now to be talking about a hospital. In the days of King Clovis, people were already dying here in what few beds there were. Now there are 559 beds to die in. It's natural mass production with such a high number as that a single death doesn't get the same attention. So he's talking about when the numbers are high, it seems like we miss the individual deaths that are happening. So poignant today in a time of mass death under COVID. However, that's not what matters. It seems like today only quantity matters. Who today still cares whether or not a death has been well put together? Nobody. Even the rich, who after all can afford to attend to the details of dying, are starting to grow slipshod and apathetic. The desire to have a death all of one's own. An intimate death is becoming more and more infrequent. Only a while, and it'll become as rare as a life of one's own. God, it's already there. God, it's all there waiting for us. We come along, we find a life now, the life is ready made, we take it off a peg, and all we have to do is to put it on. So much like a poem by Nathan Alterman later. You want to go, or you're forced to, when it's time for death, no trouble at all, monsieur. Voila, votre mort, monsieur. You die as when you die. You die the death that belongs to the sickness you have. And we know it by the sickness. And we refer to your death by the sickness. Why? Because sicknesses are known. What is also known is that the different fatal endings belong to the sickness. So that we cannot pay attention to the people who are sick. The sick person doesn't have anything to do with it when we know it by its illness, in a manner of speaking. So there you are, sir there's your death. And even when one dies at home, the natural thing is to choose the sort of death they all already have in the better circles of society, where as it were, they have first-class funerals that have already been introduced along with a whole train of admirable customs. And the poor stand in front of such a house and watch until they've seen all that they can see. Their own death, of course, will be banal and without any sort of this fuss. They're to be pleased with a casket that fits. And if it doesn't, maybe something can be done to it as one does to a suit off the rack, adjusting it here and there to making it fit. That's Rilko. In our parasha, Avraham is bereaved and heartbroken. And what does he do? He does an act of love, the act of burial, He purchases the cave. Why? He wants his wife, our tradition tells us, buried in the land that he will live in, not return to another. Even if he doesn't know where his descendants will be granted land within Kanaan, he wants her there, close to her future offspring. And he wants her close to him. We imagine Avram visiting her, talking with her, sharing an intimate space others do not enter. We imagine him washing her, touching her body affectionately, with small manual acts of care gestures, laying her down gently on the ledge of the cave, imagining when he will get to lay down beside her, their bones touching, when his bones will be collected in the ossuary by future generations. So his bones and her bones are physically jumbled together. So physically intertwined, one doesn't know where one ends and the other begins. The physical touching of life, not leading to austere distance, but to the opposite, an eternity whose only language is touching. In Bava Batra in the Talmud, Masachet Bava Batra, it tells the story that there once was a rabbi charged with going around and fixing burial markers across the land so that people don't accidentally contact impurity by entering a graveyard they didn't know was there. And one day this rabbi is in the area of Mamre, of Hebron, and he comes across the cave of Machpelah, and when he looks in the cave, what does he see? He sees the skeletons of Avraham and Sarah intertwine. He sees Avraham in Sarah's arms with her hand stroking his head. And thus ends the Agadah. Rilko's description of what's wrong with European dying and burial rites is eerily close to Rabban Gamliel's in Masachet Moed Katan in the Talmud where he bemoans the way that death has become a parade of customs invented by the rich, in which honor is associated with a public parade, literally on a float, to the burial site, associated with cosmetic preparation of the body for public viewing, and of course all the accoutrements should be expensive, as, as expensive as possible, so that the poor, Gamli El says, are so ashamed of what they could provide, that they abandon the burial of their own dead entirely and do not perform the mitzvah. It is Rabban Gamliel who enacts the decrees we live by today, simple, caring love in the burial of our dead, wrapping our dead in the simplest plain natural cloths, or if you can't do that, the simplest casket possible, the prohibition on cosmetic changes and the simplest of burials. No float, one must carry the casket, or the body by hand. His decrees echo Rilke's new way of seeing. I'm beginning to see. The leaving burial to others deprives of us what we all want in the universal practice of mortals. We want family. We want touching. We want love and caring. I find it so sad today that so many funerals adopt the common orthodox custom today of not allowing one's family to carry the casket. The The prevalent minhag is against it. It's considered improper. As they say, it's against Jewish law. Actually, the Jewish law is that you have to carry the casket of your loved one physically. You must touch it. You must do that mitzvah. But later it was brought up that something unseemly might happen, which is a family member so overwrought with grief may drop the casket. And, in order, and, and out of that fear of dropping the casket, a custom arose to not allow family members to carry the casket. And I think that's a grievous loss. I find that exactly the kind of thinking that leads to the distance that we don't want. Let others handle things so I can grieve rather than let me grieve by showing my love physically with my hands. In the name of protecting the grieving, we create an industry around others touching the body, washing the body, preparing the body, and carrying the body. What starts as a motivation to protect the grieving becomes, in the end, the satire that the young Rilke is seeing with his new eyes in Paris, an institution of burial, telling people that the proper Jewish way is not to be a pallbearer telling the grandchildren and great-grandchildren to maybe come to the memorial service, but don't come to the burial, and certainly to take them away if they're even there before we lovingly take earth in our hands and lovingly place earth in the casket. Even recently at burials under COVID, at funerals, I've asked people to use their hands to use, take the dirt and place it lovingly on the casket. And I've been told in return, Rabbi, that's not proper. The proper way is with a shovel and not with one's own hand. And I look at them and I say, use the shovel if you prefer, but how did that become the right way? Rilke's fears seem so true now of people dying in hospitals rather than at home. There have been two, over 244,000 deaths and I'm tempted to say from coronavirus, but then Rilke would say, but you're trying to name it. And by naming it by its illness, you are distancing yourself from it and he's right. We have 244,000 loved ones, family members who have died. We have 1,541 new cases of the virus in the last two weeks in our own County. Daniel Burke writes for CNN, the Jews and Muslims are desperately trying to find ways to overcome the distancing, the institutionalization of burial at this time of physical distancing, because by being deprived of coming close to the body and caring for it. It has reminded us of the beauty and emotional necessity of our own physical involvement in the burial of our loved one. Daniel Burke writes the following on CNN. The women gently pour water for the woman in the coffin. A soul on the threshold deserves the utmost care. When the ritual concludes the body is ready for the earth, the soul for the afterlife. But first, the women, members of the Jewish Burial Society in Pittsburgh must sing a final song, a final prayer. They press the mute button. On Zoom, their voices refuse to ring as one. So one singer takes the lead while the undertaker, who is Catholic, wraps the body in simple white shrouds. It's the DeLisandro Funeral Home and Crematory which occupies a building that has cared for the deceased in Lawrenceville, Pennsylvania, since 1897. But this, the Catholic undertaker participating with the Jewish burial society in a centuries old Jewish tradition is a first, says Dustin D'Alessandro, the mortuary supervisor. Rabbi Malka Frank, the founder of the Hevra Kadisha of Greater Pittsburgh says, this is the way we're doing it now because something needs to be done in person. But many members of the burial society are elderly and fear entering the funeral home before there's a vaccine. Like so many other events during this pandemic, the tahara, the name of the rituals, performed virtually with a bit of ingenuity and help from undertakers. While Frank and her fellow volunteers visualize washing and drying the body. So they visualize it DeLessandro walks with them as they guide him step by step through the process, through the touching. Said Rabbi Frank, we consider them now partners in what we do. So many members of the Hevra Kaddish are not able to do the work of their hands in person as they sing for the first time ever, thus making this loving partnership with the Catholic mortician. So they lead him through the touching, the washing, the preparations, not out of sight, but in full sight of them on Zoom. He says it's changed the way he approaches his work after all of these years. We're recovering the essence of burying our dead, like Avraham, through being deprived of it. Whereas when we have all of our options before us, we slowly incline in our overabundance of options to confuse honor with whatever money can buy. And Rabban Gamliel, 2,000 years ago, predicted it. As the head of the Kavod Vinichum Jerush Burial Society, Zimner says, we went from caring for a person's body the way we have for 400 years to suddenly not being able to do that anymore. And we feel the loss greatly. The same applies to the Muslim community. When COVID-19 raged through New York City earlier this year, Imtiaz Ahmed was proud that his was one of the few Jewish funeral homes who still offered ghusi islamic purification ritual performed on the recently deceased as in jewish tahara the body is cleansed usually by a close family member then dressed in simple white robes before it's buried it's quite a turnaround for the pakistani american who used to drive a cab and was squeamish about touching dead bodies now ahmed says he has a mission and it's a clear mission he writes once COVID started i realized that i made the right decision because people need my help. In Islam there is an allowance like we make allowances in Jewish law at this time. One can say that a person has died of plague and according to Islamic law if you've died of plague you do not need all of the washing and care by hand because it is considered that the body is imme- this soul has immediately entered heaven and one can practice distance with the body. And today, that is prevalent in the Muslim community in America, while so many people, just like our own people, are feeling the loss. Maybe this is why the opening of the parashah, the act of love, the touching, presumably the washing, the purchasing of the eternal resting place in the earth, the carrying Sarah's body there physically, the laying it down, the dreaming of joining her there one day, leads to the climax of the parasha, the grieving Isaac who has said nothing so far, going into a tent with Rebekah and having his grief over his mother lifted not through words, but through the loving, wordless, physical touch of another. Avraham and Sarah, the touching of love in burial, like the physical touch that creates the bonds that are stronger than death. And he found Avraham in the arms of Sarah, and she was stroking his head. Shabbat shalom.